What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I don't know. I just don't see the point anymore. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. To prove to everyone prove that I worked... what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing. A hundred and nothing. And you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Now go on back. I'm sorry I never got you to see your first game in here. Hell, I've seen too many games in this stadium. I thought you said you never saw a I've game. I've never seen a game from the stands. You were a player? I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude. So I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life. You won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. You hear me clear enough? Hi everybody, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the movie Rudy. And you know, we were talking at the office the other day, we were talking about things that they show in movies and 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 movies based on based on true stories, and somebody brought up the movie Rudy and said, you know, was that a true story? I said, Yeah, I met I met Rudy Rudiger some, some years back at a uh, at a sale. He was a guest speaker at a uh, at a sales uh, uh, boot camp out in Scottsdale, and uh, got a chance to listen to him, and he goes, "You know what? I only uh, I only played twenty seven seconds. You know, I really didn't even like football. Uh, you know, it was I did that all for my dad. You know, because my dad was such a Notre Dame fan, and you know, in his size, and and I'm five foot eight, and he's probably he can't be more than five feet." And, uh, and say, you know what? So, you know, I have a picture of myself standing next to him and he's little compared to me. And I've never been, uh, I've never been accused of being tall. So, uh, but he said, he said, you know, at my size, it hurts. It's, you know, football's painful dealing with those, those big guys. And he goes, uh, had, had somebody not gotten the Hobbit to play me and meaning Sean Astin, who apparently Scott tell me is not the Hobbit. Well, he is a hobbit, but he's like not Frodo. He's Sam. So, but they're both hobbits. So exactly. But stand but, but Rudy actually said, "Hey, if you didn't get the <laughs> Hobbit to play me on TV, and I guess he wrote a, I guess he wrote a book about it, or somebody wrote a book, and he said, he said if you hadn't, if you hadn't caught that and made a movie out of it, no one would know who I am. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him one on one for about five or ten minutes the next morning, and uh, and I said, you know what I got from your talk was that you're an ordinary guy. That experience an extraordinary moment in your life that somebody caught, and so and it gives and it get, should give people ordinary people 
the the uh, encouragement that we're all we all have we're all heroes we're all we're all we're all heroes if you catch us at the right moment in our time that these big heroic things that people do are momentary momentary snapshots of our lives and what we think is something gigantic and huge and it lasted two hours on the on the screen and in actuality it's supposed to chronicle two years of uh, of uh, Rudy's life um, was really. A very small, little small snapshot here. Hey, he actually got to play, and so he accomplished what he's going after. And it lasted 27 seconds, and he got carried off the field. And someone happened to catch it and make a big movie out of it. And it was a, it's a great movie. I've watched it about 150 thousand times, and it's a great movie. But you know, it's let's all look in the mirror and realize we're all heroes if you catch us at the right moment. Any comments on that? Um, no, it's it's so that's profound and very true, and it's the little things too, Ed. It's the little things. It may not be uh, being on a football field, but it may be just little things you do to make life better for somebody else. Exactly. You know those little things that they really matter a lot. Yep, makes uh, may not matter to everybody, but it matters to somebody. Yep, <clears throat> and it made somebody else's uh, life better. Hey, so anyway, before we go on, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Located here in Southern California, lending everywhere now. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and you want to deal with someone that you trust to deal with you straight, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to WCCLoans.com, www.wccloans.com. Click on looking for a loan. Click on apply now. Put in as much information as you want. And uh, I want us to have and tell us how much you want information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my teammates. And uh, if you want to hear any part of the show replayed, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. Uh, you can find uh, this week's show as well, well as several past shows. And you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where uh, you can uh, download it on demand or you can actually subscribe for free. Have it download to your uh, your computer, your iPod, your iPhone, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, anything that you listen to uh, podcasts on and get it there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman uh, is my Twitter Twitter handle, uh, facebook.com slash the main event. Ed Hoffman is the show Facebook. And lastly, I'm going really fast today. Lastly, the uh, the if you if you have comments on this week's show, uh, you want to uh, call in and put on the recorded line, 855-640-2092. You're not going to get anybody but a tape recorder on there, but uh, give me your comments if you have them. Uh, and as you, and as you as you guessed, I have Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes, in the house with me uh, to help me uh, chronicle this giant week in America. Ed, great to be back in the house. Yep, I tweeted... I tweeted... Uh, I, I tweeted uh, I tw- put out two tweets, or did I put did I put them on Facebook? I put them on Facebook, I think. And I put, for everybody who loves America, this was Sunday. For everybody who loves America, this is a great day. And then I tweeted another. I put another one. I put for everybody who hates Trump more than they love America, too effing bad. <laughs> Very good. Well, I will say though, Monday I I was kind of on a high. I mean, I still feel kind of that residual high going on. But I mean, I won't say it was quite like after the. 2016 election high. That was a big one, but this is still. It was kind of a good feeling. I had a it's, good feeling all week. I think it's a. I think it is a game changer. It's a game changer for everything that, everything that is America right, and that's everything in politics. It's a game changer because I feel like we've been getting beat up for the last two years, and and the Republicans have not been fighting back very aggressively. 
Right. And as we talked about off the air, the question is, is this going to work out in Trump's favor? I say yes. And you say? I agree. I agree. I agree. And you see him, you see him uh, attacking more. It's like he's been holding back. We got, we got the, the, you know, you can, you can take the dog out of the fight, but you can't take the fight out of the dog. And, and Trump has had his handlers holding him back from engaging too much. And now that it's over, so he wouldn't be called, say he's obstructing justice. Now he's fighting back and his comments are, are, we didn't we didn't clip enough of them because there's too too damn much to talk about this week. So, but let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about this a little bit. So, as you probably heard by now, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's office submitted its 300-page report on the investigation into whether Trump campaign colluded with Russia uh, to win the the 2016 election, and the result is the collusion delusion is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had. We could we could have played that whole speech on there, and uh, it was he was, great. It was uh, he was pretty uh, un unfiltered. He even said some words that we can't say on the radio, as the president of the United States. That should make it legal to say words like that. Um, and it's funny how when you hear a president talk unpresidential, how they how it makes the crowd go crazy happy. Well, and it's true. I mean, look if we have if we've learned one thing, it's that Trump's oratory style is very unconventional and very, very effective. The thing that I, when I first heard him talk, it's like, it, it's sort of a style of communication. That's like what you would expect here. If you're just sitting one-on-one in his office, uh-huh. very casual one-on-one, very, uh, you know, unfiltered, you know, yeah, I, that's for me. I love that. Yeah, I love that I do because, too. because, you know, it's like, uh, there's a scene in, uh, in other people's money where the, the guy's trying to sell uh, Danny DeVito on letting him vote his shares, and he goes, "Hey, can we talk, Frank?" He goes, "He goes, no." He goes, "He goes, is that?" He goes, "Talk, Frank." Does that mean the rest of the time you're BSing me? And if you don't t- ask me if you can talk, Frank, you know, I just just tell me what it is. Tell me how you feel. Don't tell me, don't don't tell me how you think I want to hear it. Just tell me how it is. We get to the get to the point a lot. Faster. Right, I agree. I mean, it's kind of like we're adults. Just just tell it like it is, man. Be real. Yep. Yeah. Be real. Hey, that's what they say at our church now. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's everything's about being real, being real with yourself. So anyway, we won't get into the church, the church discussion. So, uh, so for more than two years of anticipation from the left ended up in a giant explosion of disappointment. Oh no, this can't be right. But because the justice department only released a summary of the report in the letter signed by attorney general, Bill Barr, Democrats are still crying for the full report to be released. Here's some excerpts, excerpts from the letter uh, from Bill Barr. Dear Chairman Graham, Chairman Nadler, Ranking Member uh, Feinstein, and Ranking Member Collins, I'm writing you today to advise you of the principal conclusions reached by Special Counsel Robert Mueller's uh, and to inform you about the status of my initial review of the report he has prepared. On Friday, Special Counsel submitted to me a report entitled Report on the Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. The report explains that Special Counsel thoroughly invested allegations that members of the presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump conspired with the Russian government in its efforts to interfere in the U.S. presidential election or sought to obstruct the related federal investigation report. Special Counsel noted that he employed 19 lawyers. All Hillary Clinton supporters, by the way, from exactly, my understanding. <laughs> every single one. Yeah. Assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other professional staff. The special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas. That's a lot of subpoenas. Yeah. Uh, executed nearly 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communication records, and made 13 requests to foreign governments. 13 countries? They 
Okay, so 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. Seems pretty extensive, Ed. Yeah, how, how, where did they find 500 witnesses? 500, think about that. You can make a list. Let's say, okay, we got Strzok. We got uh, his his girlfriend. Yeah. We got uh, Paige. We got we got a Comey, and we got this guy and McCabe, and we got all the you know and a half a dozen people that we know <laughs> in the Trump family, and some people over here, and some people over there. We're okay. We're up to forty. Well, I guess when you have an unlimited budget, Ed, that means you have money to waste and burn and time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and this took the, as I understand it, this cost the American taxpayers thirty five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So may, maybe somebody's barber's cousin had the answers to this, Ed, if we couldn't find it out from other sources. Yeah, exactly. The special counsel obtained a number of indictments and convictions of individuals and entities in, in connection with its investigation, all of which have been publicly disclosed and none of which had anything to do with the Trump campaign. The special counsel's report is divided into two parts. First describes the results of the investigation into Russia's interference in the election. The report outlines the Russian effort to influence the election and documents crimes committed by persons associated with the Russian government. Okay, so hey, uh, Russia tried to interfere with our election. Is this something new? No, and, and, and by interfering, what they took out like a million dollars worth of Facebook ads, which essentially means nothing, it means absolutely nothing. And what about us interfering in other elections? Yeah, which we do all the time. We do all the time. Yeah. So why is this Why is this breaking news? The report further explains that primary consideration for the investigation was whether any Americans, including individuals associated with the Trump campaign, joined the Russian com conspiracies to influence the election, which would be a federal crime. The special counsel's investigation did not find that Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or, or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. As the report states, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election inter interference activities. Letter goes on to summarize that two main efforts on the Russian party to influence the election, uh, first attempts by Russian organization, uh, the Internet Research Agency, to plant fake news on social media to sow discord that they that they believed could influence the election. The special counsel did not find that anyone in the Trump campaign participated in this. Second, the Russians conducted computer hacking operations designed to gather and disseminate information to influence the election. Of course, this refers to hacking of the Clinton campaign. The Clinton campaign, which probably wouldn't have been hackable if it hadn't been on a, on a private server, and the DNC. The Russians then publicly disseminated those materials through various inter intermediaries, intermediaries, including WikiLeaks. Special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian military officers, which means nothing uh, for this crime, but did not find the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. Uh, finally, the letter talks about whether the Trump committed obstruction of justice, ending with, while this report does not conclude... That the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Democrats like Adam Schiff, of course, think this means they still have a chance to remove Trump from office. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah! <laughs> there is significant evidence of collusion, and we've set that out uh, time and time again. From I uh, have trust in his prosecutorial judgment, but that doesn't mean, of course, that there isn't compelling and incriminating evidence that should be shared with the American people. Yeah, there must be some some evidence and $35 million worth of investigation and 19 lawyers and 500 subpoenas and 500 interviews and 2,800 subpoenas. 
shift still still has compelling evidence that they didn't find. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bunch of bull shift, if you ask me, Ed. I will say a couple of comments. I'm really glad that Mueller did wrap up this investigation. Now he can go back to his real job as an embalmer at Forest Lawn. The other thing that we have learned uh, about the FBI is that they are a government agency that has abused its power, intimidated people, and ruined the lives of hundreds, possibly thousands of people. Who do they think they are, the DMV? Got to be, got to be on my guard for whatever's going to come out of your. You mouth. never know what's going to come out next. <sighs> exactly. I will say one thing. Look, this is an opportunity for Trump. It really is an opportunity. Now it's time to turn the tables, and if he doesn't, it's a huge mistake. But turn the tables, wield the full power of the Justice Department, and go after every slob on the inside of part of this deep state FBI corrupt organization. This, 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 this thing that's infil- infested our entire government, and, and start cleaning house. Yeah. For uh, so. I think Trump wanted to do that before, and he was he was threatened that by he's told by his people that that the Democrats would call that obstruction of justice. Hey, he's got he you know he's trying to keep us from finding something. Now it's done. Yep. Now the gloves are off. Now there's no now there's no reason to not go after him. And now we can go after go after the hey, what really happened here? What did they do? And we'll talk more about this as we goes on. Uh, Schiff is referring in his in his uh, in his comments about. The other information is referring to the Donald Jr. Trump Tower meeting with the Russian attorney in 2016, which everyone already knows about. And Mueller obviously concluded was not a crime. And and I can't figure out what it's a crime. So some some Russian lawyer calls Donnie Trump and says, uh, says, hey, we got information on Hillary Clinton. Would you think they would they would not. If they say if the that same person called and told the Hillary Clinton campaign, hey, we've got information that you can use against Donald Trump, they'd say, oh no, we're not allowed to. to uh, you're not allowed. We're not allowed to talk to you. Well, they would take it in a heartbeat. And plus, there's nothing illegal about that either. Show me what's the crime of that. Yeah, that's what I can. And nothing figure. came out of the meeting, anyways. Yep. And here's here's Trump on Adam Schiff. Just you know, I watch him so sanctimonious and gets on and says, oh well, we want to talk about Russia. He knew it was a, a lie, and he'd get into the back room with his friends in the Democrat Party, and they would laugh like hell uh, at what they were doing. It's a disgrace. And he knew it was a lie, and therefore, in one way, you could say it's a crime what he did, because he was giving, I mean, horrible, making horrible statements that he knew were false. And frankly, you know, I heard they should force him off the committee or off the committee chair. He should be forced out of office. I agree. I agree. He for what for what he's doing because because realize this is sound bites, sound bites. Every time that he says something on TV, PMS, NBC, and the Communist News Network are playing that over and over and over. And there's a big section of our our country, not as big as the section that watches Fox, but there's a big section of this country that is that is taking that and running with it. Well, yeah, and it's even it's actually bigger than Fox if you combine CNN along with MSNBC, both whose ratings are absolutely in the toilet now. I don't know if you saw any ratings numbers from those networks, but but without their conspiracy uh, hoax going on, I guess nobody wants to tune in anymore. Uh, one thing I would add too is that one of the things Trump does need to do, in my opinion, is to give pardons to all the people within his campaign that have been hurt by this: Michael Flynn, Paul Manafort, and yes, even and I haven't heard anybody say this, but Michael Cohen as well. There's no reason for Michael Cohen to go to jail. There's no way he would have been indicted on anything had he not been Trump's lawyer. And and if you don't, you're sending a message that you know people can get away with ruining the lives of others. And I don't blame Michael Cohen at all. I mean, you hold a 35 years prison sentence over my head and I'd probably I'd probably say whatever you want me to say as well 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but he still got the he still got the sentence. Yes. And I and I wouldn't I would uh, I would release uh, uh, Papadopoulos, yep. uh, Snuffleupagus, yep. and uh, and the Cookie Monster too. And uh, and I would also uh, pardon Mike Flynn, but Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort got is going to jail for tax evasion. No, I know, I know. Now I hear, I hear that. My point is that investigation would never even have taken place had he not been affiliated with the Trump campaign. You know what I mean? It's like show me the man and I'll show you the crime. You yeah, know what that, I mean? That's that's true. But he did some pretty big stuff. And but the, on the other side, um, I believe that Jesse Jackson or uh, I'm not not Jesse Jackson, uh, Al Sharpton. I think Al Sharpton did the same thing. And he's walking the streets. Yep. So uh, I say leave Paul Manafort in jail and put Al Sharpton in the cell next to him. <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, maybe I'm a little on my on my soapbox because I pay my taxes, and and I just think it's BS for people to cheat. And I know I can't blame them for wanting to cheat because the way things are, but it's just not right. It's just not right. And you know, and and I will tell you in in. Uh, in defense of all the rich people that everybody thinks cheat, it's not the rich people; it's the small business owners. So, uh, small business owners that have a lot of cash and a lot of stuff that I see—I see a ton of them. You know, making three hundred grand and write it down to nothing, and uh, and say, hey, you know what? How do, if the if the IRS calls you and asks you about this, you made four thousand dollars last year, but you got a thirty-five hundred dollar house payment you haven't missed a payment on. And a fifteen hundred dollar car payment, you haven't missed a payment on. How are you going to explain that? And I don't know what Manafort's sentence is, but I mean, they threw him in solitary confinement, though. Ed, again, I'm, I'm not defending if he cheated on his taxes or not. I'm just saying that this was like way, way overboard. Solitary confinement? They don't even do that with murder suspects, typically. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's probably there's probably some some easing off, but again, it is okay. what it is. Yep. So uh, as you know, Schiff is a ranking member of the Democrat House Intelligence Committee. And this week, all nine of the Republicans on the committee signed a letter that calls for him to step down from his position, not out of Congress, just off of his position as the ranking member uh, of the House uh, Intelligence Committee. Um, Here's Republican Bob Conway of Texas reading the letter in a committee meeting on Thursday and Schiff's angry response. Your willingness to continue to promote a demonstrably false narrative is alarming. As such, we have no faith in your ability to discharge your duties in a manner consistent with your constitutional responsibility and urge your immediate resignation as chairman of the committee. My colleagues may think it's okay that the Russians offered dirt on a Democratic candidate for president as part of what was described as the Russian government's effort to help the Trump campaign. You might think that's okay. I think it's immoral. I think it's unethical. I think it's unpatriotic. And yes, I think it's corrupt and evidence of collusion. Hmm. The funny thing is, you know, of course, Trump calls him out as a pencil neck. In his national speech. Yeah. And my wife, I love that. I know. It's fun. And my yeah. wife's like looking at a shot of Adam Schiff. She goes, yeah, look, his collar doesn't fit very tight. I mean, see, now now all I can focus on is his neck, Ed. It's rather distracting. Yeah, I have I have a I have <laughs> I have the same kind of view of skinny people like that, call them pencil necks. Mm. And uh so uh Okay. Well there you go. <laughs> For those of you who've never seen me and Scott, I'm uh, a little little wider than Scott is. I don't think I have a pencil neck though. Nah, no. no. Okay. I wouldn't call it a pencil neck. All right, thank you. Uh, you are a, a tad athletic. <laughs> hey, so uh so uh next on our list, we're not going to have time to finish this, but Michael Michael Avenetti is going to jail. Democrats are having a pretty bad week 
First, they found out the president didn't commit any of the crimes they've accused him of. Then one of their favorite people to emerge of this disastrous investigation, Stormy Daniels, former attorney Michael Avenetti. What what does Tucker call him? Uh, Creepy porn lawyer. Creepy creepy porn lawyer. He's arrested in New York for $25 million extortion scheme targeting the sportswear giant Nike. That's in addition to separate federal wire and bank fraud charges that Avenatti simultaneously faces in Los Angeles for stealing from clients' settlement fund. While we don't have time to talk about the details because we're out of time for part one, I just, just is, it's just fun to hear. You know, you can't get a good deal from a bad guy. And, you know, if you're a bad guy, you can't portray yourself as a good guy long term and get away with it. People will sniff you out. They're going to find out that it might take a month, a week, or a month, or a year, but they're going to sniff you out. So anyway, those of you guys uh, know who Art Williams is, know know where I'm, uh, who I'm quoting. Hey, so anyway, we're out of time for uh, part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and uh, commercials, and we'll be right back with more of this fun stuff. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk about a lot about real estate or financing on the air, but if you hear someone who thinks like you on this show and you need real estate financing, call me, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And uh, don't forget, if you hear something on the show, you have a comment, good or bad, call the listener hotline, 855 640 2092 and give us your comments so as uh as for those of you that are just joining us with me in the studio today scott mcfee proprietor of don's bikes helping me uh helping me analyze the excitement of what's been going on last week scotty yo ed so uh so we're talking about uh the creepy porn lawyer uh michael avenetti uh who represents uh who do you represent besides Stormy Daniel? Uh, I have no idea. That Swetnick lady that was yeah, testifying. Yeah, the fake Kavanaugh accuser. <clears throat> exactly. He, Julie this guy, Swetnick. You know what? If you'll do something, if you'll do something uh, corrupt, if you'll do something that's that's creepy, if you do something slimy to one person, you'll do it to another. So hence uh, that Swetnick lady coming and say, "Oh yeah, I saw Kavanaugh standing near the punch bowl, and I remember getting drunk, and I think he." Put something in the punch, and uh, then they were raping girls. I, uh, I, I saw. I've been to ten of those parties. <laughs> the funny thing about this guy, he's like this classic stereotype of everything you could throw into like a crooked slimeball attorney. Yep. You know, I mean, it's almost like comical. You know the joke where they say, "Hey, what do you call a uh, hundred lawyers chained together at the bottom of the ocean?" Uh, I've heard it before, but go ahead. Ed. A good start. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this, these are the kind of attorneys that 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 uh represent that um i'll tell you i have a good lawyer that is a really a good guy and uh, and i think he's a a stand-up guy and a good uh christian kind of a guy and so not all lawyers are like that but there are a lot of creep creeps out there so as we started to say he's going to jail for a 25 million dollar extortion scheme targeting sportswear giant nike so uh, let's give the the details avenetti is looking at up to 47 years in prison on new york charges if convicted and 50 years in charges uh, charges in California. Here's how the Nike extortion scheme worked. Avenetti represented the coach of an amateur basketball team from California who claimed to have evidence of Nike employees authorizing secret payments to top school of school players. So let's see. The basketball team from California claimed to have evidence Nike employees 
were authorizing secret. So Nike was paying top players to wear Nike so they could say, hey, this is why they play so good. Avenetti and his unnamed co-conspirator said they would go public with the information unless Nike paid them more than $20 million, according to the court documents. That co-conspirator is reported to be Mark Garagos, another celebrity trial attorney known for uh, representing uh, uh, the late Michael Jackson, as well as, uh, if you remember, Scott Peterson, the guy who uh, who killed his, uh, killed his wife and dumped her in San Francisco Bay. Uh, and more recently, professional hoaxer Jesse Smollett, who we'll get to shortly here um, in just a couple of minutes. But the allegation is just not accurate, says Avenetti. What I will say is the way this has been framed is not accurate. It's just not accurate. You're facing, if convicted on all of these charges, up to the rest of your life in prison. Are you nervous? Well, of course I'm nervous. Are, I mean, you, are you scared? Are you concerned? I mean, tell us, I guess, as someone who, again, has a history of representing people, and now you're on the other side, facing some serious charges. Um, I am nervous. I'm concerned. I'm scared. How would you feel? I'd feel nervous. I'd feel concerned. <laughs> I'd be scared. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah you, know, you, know what the, the, you know what the thing I like is? What? Uh, I just don't commit crime. So yeah, that's usually helpful to stay out of jail. It, the, it makes it easier to sleep at night. Not that I ever sleep at night, but it makes it easier when I can sleep at night. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I feel I still think he should run for president on the Democrat side. I, I think he's still one of the most viable candidates based on the field that I'm seeing. Think he's an incredible viable candidate. Trump Jr. By the way, tweeted out something kind of funny. He said the Avenatti's gone from Avenatti 2020 to Avenatti 20 to 25. Uh, I think it's more like 45 to 97. Probably. Exactly. So, uh, to sort of think this guy uh, that CNN took so seriously over the past year that they put him on on their network sixty five times in two months, also floating the ridiculous idea that Avenatti should actually run for president. Uh, PMS on PMSNBC, he appeared there forty three times. Here's a quick walk down memory lane. You got lucky tonight. We're back with attorney Michael Avenatti. He is a main player sitting beside me right now. I'm not going to let you cheat. You, you have to guess. Uh, and hint, his name is Michael Avenatti. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think you're doing a hell of a job. I don't think you're in this for money. Yeah, uh, you think uh, Chris Matthews guy was getting a getting a thrill up his leg? I, that one? I think they're excited. They thought this guy was going to deliver the goods on Trump. There, that's why they were treating him like a rock star. Exactly. And uh, any any scumbag that comes up with something, hey, you know what? They should look for they should look for candidates at the at the checkout stand at the grocery store. There's a whole bunch of uh, clues there on the on the racks right by the <laughs> cashiers there. So uh, let's talk let's talk about one of uh, Mark Garagos's clients, Jesse Smollett. And this is pretty. This is pretty earth moving here. In a move no one saw coming, Chicago prosecutors dropped all charges against actor Jesse Smollett on Tuesday. Smollett, who most people with half a brain believe was the perpetrator of a hate crime hoax on himself for publicity reasons last month, was cleared of charges because of his community service stuffing envelopes for Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Push Coalition, and agreeing to let the uh, city keep his. To ten thousand dollars in bail, and realize this guy made a million one hundred thousand dollars a year, which he thought wasn't enough, um, because he's such a valuable star. You know, if you don't watch that movie, that show Empire, nobody knew who he was. I didn't, but that's because he's not on Fox News, I guess, um, or in um, anything at the, at the movies. Prosecutors gave no explanation why they abandoned the case only five weeks after filing charges and threatening to pursue Smollett for the cost of the month-long investigation. In fact, they added that they still believe Smollett concocted the assault. 
Chicago Mayor, former Obama Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel, is furious, and he's making more sense now than he's ever made in his whole career. He did this all in the name of self-promotion. And he used the laws of the hate crime legislation that all of us collectively over years have put on the books to stand up to be the values that embody what we believe in. This is a whitewash of justice. Where is the accountability in the system? You cannot have, because of a person's position, one set of rules apply to them and another set of rules apply to everybody else. Mr. Smollett is still saying that he is innocent still running down the Chicago Police Department. How dare him? How dare him? Yeah, you know, and, uh, and realize that Jesse Smollett was trying to attack um, white people because of the way he coordinated this attack. Uh, he tried to make it look like uh, he was being attacked because he's black, and he was being attacked because this is MAGA country, which, yeah, Chicago's MAGA country, um, and because he's gay. So he was he was attacking uh, homophobes and and racists. He was creating he was creating quite a quite a crime and and trying to you know this is bad stuff to to accuse somebody of and uh, and when I think and when I think about this I tweet out Hey has anybody ever heard of black gay privilege? Well, well, yeah, and you bring that up, and it's kind of like I thought. What if you and I had concocted the same story, claiming that we were beat up by a couple of black guys and they tried to hang us and and poor stuff? Would we have gotten away with this once it was exposed as a hoax? No, no, no way. What would have happened? It reminds me of a scene from uh, from from uh, Goodfellas, which we won't play. But uh, there's a scene where the the guy just gives the keys to the Goodfellas and then says, "Hey, some guy took it." Anyway. If you've seen Goodfellas, you know the scene I'm talking about. Um, but you know when when the and and I, let me clarify when I talked about black gay privilege, when the fact that all of a sudden he just got off. They yeah. have they have the brothers who said he wrote him a check for thirty five hundred dollars to do this. They have cameras of them buying the bleach and the and the rope to make the new set of. They admitted to doing it. Um, it's all there. Yeah, and, and what if this fraud had been successful? You could have had race riots uh, throughout the country. You could have had people killed. Um, it's obviously there are two sets of rules as far as the justice system goes. Um, and, yeah, he's gotten away with it. Now, granted, maybe his career's ruined, which is kind of a bummer because I'm going to miss him on the Wayans Brothers. Uh, <laughs> so how did all this happen? Well, Rahm Emanuel may want to look at one of his former colleagues from the White House. Uh, text messages between Cook County State Attorneys Kim Fox and Tina Chin, who's an attorney who was a chief of staff to Michelle Obama, emerged shortly before prosecutors dropped all the charges against Smollett on Tuesday. So public records obtained, and I and we were talking about this uh, off the air. How do they get? How do public records obtained by the Chicago Sun Times? How to show that Chin sent Fox an early morning text? How do they investigate that and get texts from somebody's? I mean, I can see if they if they have reason to believe that. They can uh, that they can subpoena the records or subpoena her phone, but how did they just get this? So, and I've seen and I've seen the the text, the copies of the text. So, uh, Chen sent to Fox early morning text way back on uh, February first, saying she wanted wanted to give you a call on behalf of Jesse Smollett and family, who I know they have concerns about the investigation. This was three days after the alleged attack on Smollett occurred. Later that day. Sun-Times reported that a, re a relative of Smollett sent Fox a text, sparking a relationship that eventually led to Fox recusing herself from the investigation. Fox was also shown to have emailed Chen, 
spoke to Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson. I convinced him to reach out to the FBI and ask that they take over the investigation. He's reaching out now and will get back to me shortly. Sadly, Eddie Johnson was had because this was obviously not what he thought would happen. Do I think justice will serve? No. I've heard that they wanted their day in court with TV cameras so America could know the truth. But no, they chose to hide behind secrecy and broker a deal to circumvent the judicial system. Yeah, and even uh, even Smollett's own lawyer seems to believe he's guilty of paying the two Nigerian brothers to attack him. I have no idea what occurred in this case and why it occurred. Uh, I can just say that things seem to spiral somewhat out of control. Well, the two brothers have said that they attacked him. So, you know, uh, we don't want to try them in the press any more than he wanted to be tried in the press. Wait a minute. You're his attorney. You know what happened in this case? <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you doing? But, you know, when they say, hey, hey we don't want to... They they said they, they they got he got that he paid them to attack them. We don't want to try them in the in the press. Doesn't uh, make any sense. It doesn't make it, this is this to me is almost identical to like July fifth, two thousand sixteen. A little speech by James Comey. Well, here's what we found from the investigation on Hillary Clinton. She was extremely careless in the way she did this, and she did this, which was against the rules, and she did this against the rules. And it was this, and it was that, and it was that. But no reasonable prosecutor would think there was a case here. So it's all in how you word it, Ed. I guess that's the point, right? You know, I've seen, I've seen a, uh, I seen, you know, a, a few years back, I went to a real estate uh, investment seminar, and and by a guy who I really consider as brilliant, um, and he and he laid out this all this data of what's going on in all the real estate markets in the country, and at the end, he says, my conclusion. Not a predetermined conclusion, not predetermined, was this is a great time to do real estate. This is a great time for this. And I'm saying, wait a minute. You just laid out how the sky is falling. Everything's going down. And you came up and your conclusion is not predetermined that this is a great time. And I'm just going. Well, he doesn't want to end on a sour note, Ed. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and, and people that were in the audience were texting me. So what are we doing? So what do we conclude? And you know everyone's got scratching their head, and this is the same thing. So the same thing I said when Comey said that, and the same thing I say now when this uh, attorney says, "Well, you know, we don't want to try them in the. Why not? They committed a crime. Smollett is is as guilty. It. I just, I won't go. I won't. I won't say what I want to say just because I can't say it on the radio. So now the city of Chicago wants. One hundred thirty thousand one hundred six dollars and fifteen cents. Don't forget the fifteen cents. Yeah, exactly. That fifteen cents is important. But you know what? It's uh, <laughs> it's like when you're dealing with a car. Here's the lowest I can go, and you bring in a weird number because that tells that tells the people in the in the car in the car uh, sales office that this is a real exact number. So they want one hundred thirty thousand one hundred six dollars and fifteen cents the next seven days. Good luck. Smallette to cover the cost of the bill. Of the investigation, in a letter sent to Smollett's attorneys, the city uh, corporation council says if it doesn't pay, the city may prosecute him using Chicago's municipal code or other legal remedies. It states that two dozen police personnel worked the case, which used resources that could have been spent investigating other crimes. The city asked for a certified cashier's check or money order made out to the city of Chicago. Yeah, it's in the mail. That's never going to happen. I think the only hope we have for justice in this case is the FBI charges. You remember that fake letter he did to himself with the fake white powder in it? Uh, That's a federal crime to report a fake crime to the FBI. Uh, Again, another huge, colossal waste of time, energy, and resources.
Yeah, I think uh, I think this guy needs to go down. Yeah, this guy needs to go down. And I think I think well, you know, if you listen to his speech, well, I have been perfectly straightforward and honest, and I wouldn't be my mother's son if I did something like this. Well, I don't really think that's uh, uh, one of the requirements to be your mother's son. I think. you know, there was a there was a time about thirty six years ago. She was in the hospital and she was screaming obscenities and pushing, and uh, you came out. So uh, that makes her your that makes you her your mother's son. And uh, what you do after that is 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 on you, not on your mom. So <clears throat> so it, hey, Jesse Smollett's mom, if you're listening and uh, you're feeling guilty about this stuff, don't. So it's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> If you need us to counsel, please call us at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, and we'll uh, we'll get we'll get you on the phone with with licensed counselors. Well, maybe we should just have <laughs> give out your cell phone number since you've got a master's degree. I have degree a degree, and I'll work with her. All right, cool, absolutely. So Jesse Smollett's mom, Scott's cell phone is. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so let's go. Let's go on to the Green New Deal vote. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell kept his promise this week to bring ninety the ninety three trillion dollar disaster known as the Green New Deal before the vote to find out where Democrats stand on the resolution. And you'd think, because there's like fifteen uh, fifteen candidates for president on the Democrat side, and about how many of them are supporting the Green New Deal? Nine. Yeah, I don't know if there are any of them come out against it. I know it's a, everybody's everybody's all talk when they're trying to get votes, right? And they know damn well that there's there's no there's no way in the world that any of it makes sense. The measure didn't get a single vote on Tuesday with 57 no votes, which means all of the Republicans plus four four uh, Democrats, zero yes votes, and 43 Democrats voting present, supposedly at the direction of their party's hostage taker, Congressman. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and and I say and I and I still don't understand. But I, but AOC tweeted after it was done uh, because I encouraged them to vote present along with others. McConnell tried to rush the hashtag Green New Deal straight to the floor without a hearing. Without a hearing, you guys have been talking about it for three months already. Well, not only well, that, maybe not three months, maybe two months. Yeah. What's scary about this is that she wields that kind of power, Ed. So she can basically tell, you know, 43 Democrat senators how to vote and they pay attention to her. I mean, this is a powerful lady. I'm telling you, man, it's scary. Well, apparently to be to be powerful now, you just have to do something bizarre to get attention. So because yeah. c- not about how smart you are, it's just how how viral you get yes. by something you tweet or something you do. So essentially, if somebody would just walk into the Senate and pull down their pants and, uh, you know, and do something, do something <laughs> crazy like that, you know, all of a sudden you will be the social media's darling. And then you can really get something done in this country. So maybe, uh, maybe one of you Republicans um, should try that. But coordinate it with your Republican friends so they don't ask for you to step down. Just go in there and do something wacky, crazy. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Ken Calvert. You know, Ken. You know, uh, you know. We all know you here, but apparently the rest of the country, you're not. You haven't been very uh, vocal in the in the public spotlight. Maybe it's time. I think. In fact, I heard you talk uh, a month ago, and you said you were going to be the bulldog on this thing. So maybe you just need to go down and go in front of the 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 house. And just pull down your pants or something. Oh, man. Do something wacky and crazy. Oh. And everyone will be talking about Ken Calvert. 
And then, uh, and then you know, he can go on. You know, and I don't want to pick on Ken, um, but we could be anybody. Could be anybody. I just thought of Ken because I don't know that many Congress people myself. So uh, where did I leave? Where did I leave off? Republican uh, Sean Duffy of Wisconsin stated this week that HUD says it will cost over one hundred and seventy-two billion dollars to retrofit existing houses in the U.S. to meet the standards set by the Green New Deal. So. 172 billion. Oh yes, we were at 93 trillion. So 172 billion to retrofit the existing houses, making the bill elitist and unpractical for average Americans. AOC shot back with this not so mature response. You want to tell people that their concern and their desire for clean air and clean water is elitist? People are dying. They are dying. And we're here and and people are more concerned about helping oil companies than helping their own families. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hey, did you hear that? I don't think so. It sounded yeah. very very New York. Very New York. You know what? I want I just want to say, hey, let's get her out of there for for spewing BS stuff. Who's dying? <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't actually say who's dying. People are dying. People are dying. Has anybody died so far from uh, Climate no. change? No. The, you could make up stuff like, well, the hurricane wiped out X amount of people, but yeah, that you know doesn't really count. Yeah, but I think there were hurricanes before climate change. Mm. I think there were... It's uh, a good point. I think there was cold <laughs> times. Wasn't there an ice age? Yeah. Before that? And there's been uh, floods and there's been uh, earthquakes and volcano eruptions. And I don't think climate change... And, and realize, realize, just like uh, Beto O'Rourke said, said, hey, we are 5% of the population of the country... But we but we consume eighty five percent of the opioids, and as I point in the, in the world, and uh, and and we pointed out last week that hey, we also consume eighty five percent of the cheeseburgers and French fries too because it's just available. We're five percent of the population of the of the world. How are we going to single handedly destroy our economy and fix the world? And you know what I think of too, and I just thought of this the other day as I'm driving into Palm Springs, all those stupid windmills that are set up out there. You know, there's like hundreds of those dumb things, yep. huge propellers. And you know what? Like three of them are working. I have like 300. I have I have a client who actually invested ten thousand dollars in one of them, oh, and great. Uh, she used it as a tax write off, uh, as a ten thousand dollar loss. Mm. Um, Seemed like a good idea at the time. Meanwhile, Kirsten Gillibrand is making sure her messaging lines up with AOC. After all, she's running for president in the party that's created this monster. We need to pass a Green New Deal. This should be our nation's moonshot. Why not be the world leader in doing something extraordinary to show, just like John F. Kennedy did, that we can win? Remember when we talked about how the Democrats get all their talking points, so they're all using the same thing? Mm -hmm. So AOC used She sounds just like AOC. Yeah, exactly. And she sounds like a a high school kid, and she is. Um, Not not Gillibrand, but she sounds like one, and she acts like one. And what a coincidence. Elizabeth Warren just happened to compare the Green New Deal to the moonshot as well, to the moon landing this week, too. President Kennedy challenged our nation to lead the space race. And less than seven years later, Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon. It's time not only to challenge our country to tackle climate change head on, but also to lead the world in doing so. I support a Green New Deal that will aggressively tackle climate change. You know, um, I would say there's a lot of intelligent 
articulate women on the left. And we cannot take 2020 for granted. You have Elizabeth Warren, a Navajo, Kamala Harris, a California hoe, and there's dozens of hoes in this field that could take this election. I'm yes. telling you, you can't underestimate them. Yes, there are. There are. And, uh, but you know what? Let's, let's put some sense into this. You know what? Going to the moon, challenging us to go to the moon is challenging something that we can do, we can control, we can, we can figure out how much how much time we put into this and, and whether we accomplish this. Saving the planet is something that's out of our control because the same air that's, in our, in, that's above our country is the same air that flows over to China and all the other countries that are polluting the hell out of everything because the great deal that Obama did with them and, uh, and, uh, and Hillary, that they're not going to pollute anymore as soon as they get to 2030. Then they're going to they're gonna not go more than whatever they want or in between uh, the next 12 years, at which time the world will end anyway. So uh, if you believe this, then I guess whatever Obama and Hillary Clinton did in that deal makes no sense. And uh, so we have and, and our oceans, our oceans get polluted, but our oceans, the water is the water is the same on the on the east coast of, of the United States as it is on the on the west coast of Europe. And the Pacific Ocean uh, that uh, that we share with uh, that in California, the other end of it is uh, is Asia. So, Ed, quit confusing this issue with facts. We can quadruple the number of those stupid, worthless windmills overnight if we wanted to, <laughs> and power toasters for at least a week. Exactly, we could. Hey, we're out of time for this episode of the main event. Scott, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Ed. And uh, for all the rest of you out there, thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. Expressed on this program are Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01137747. NMLS 9873 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB 